Where speakers share tips from the road to make the platform explode, this is the Key5 Podcast with your host, Robert Ferguson. Welcome to the Key5 Podcast for speakers by speakers. For show notes, go to key5podcast.com. Today, we're talking with Diane Wolf, an author and professional speaker who provides tips on publishing, promoting, and speaking. She refers to herself as Spunk on a Stick and is the owner of the publishing company Dancing Lemire Press. Let's get started. So, Diane, in one sentence, what do you speak about? I talk on the subjects of publishing, marketing, uh, websites and blogs, leadership, and goal setting. Well, that's a lot to put in one sentence, but you're very succinct. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> How did you end up in the business of being a speaker? 20 years ago, I was with a motivational training group, and as I progressed, I had to learn to speak on stage and uh, teach at leadership meetings. Um, from there, my first gig, uh, paid gig came about 10 years ago when I started doing seminars on uh, publishing and promoting. Wow, okay. So you've, um, you started as a speaker and now in the business of also being a publisher and a promoter. Yes. Uh, so you, you work with lots of speakers. You, you, you've probably seen what... Um, well, good ones and not so good ones. <laughs> what, what do you know now that you wish you knew when you got started and maybe you actually consult with others about? Uh, one thing I really learned was the importance of having a book that ties in with your talk. Uh, when I first started doing uh, uh, my goal setting seminar, I had a lot of people asking, even a lot of the prese- other presenters were wanting to know, do I have a book on the topic? And so eventually I did uh, produce a book called uh, Overcoming Obstacles with Spunk. And I also, since I do seminars on book publishing and promoting, I did make a book as well, How to Publish and Promote Your Book Now. So that really did make a difference. And especially during um, seminars and stuff, if I have the option, a PowerPoint presentation really helps. People like visuals. Yes, they do. And, and so I have to ask your the, the name Spunk on a Stick, and you've referenced that in your book. How did it come about the term Spunk on a Stick? Well, my nickname has always been Spunky because I'm very, very energetic. And uh, it was my husband that came up with Spunk on a Stick. His theory was that chicken is good, but chicken on a stick, like you get at the state fair, is even better. So he says, Spunk is good, Spunk on a stick is even better. (laughs) Well, it's definitely unique and and, um, memorable. So I I congratulate you for that. You you, you mentioned about PowerPoint presentations. I'm fascinated because... um, uh, there, there's a debate, I guess, whether speakers should have any visuals versus so that they're the center versus others who have incredible visuals. Uh, tell me a little bit more about that PowerPoint presentation aha that you've had. Well, one thing I do a lot in my seminars are very instructional, uh, especially with you know the publishing and then the marketing and the websites. And it really helps to have that visual up there so that when I'm talking about how to build a blog, I can show them a visual of a blogger or WordPress or something and they can understand and I can walk them through the process. And that, that really helps them. And it was, it was a request in the beginning when I started doing these seminars. A lot of people wanted a visual of what I was exactly I was talking about. Uh, makes sense. So as I think about speakers putting together their presentation that may have some visuals, often stories are a part of that. How do you develop sort of a key story that may, you may use across multiple presentations? 
Like I said, most of my talks are instructional, so there's not really a key story that, that applies to all of them, but each one has small little multiple stories that I'll throw in, especially if I'm talking about publishing. Um, I'll tell them a story about, you know, why marketing is so important. I have a couple of really good ones, one that will scare them into why it needs they need to market their book. And then for like my motivational talks, I have some stories like uh, the frogs in the milk jug story that I tell them that just shows them about determination. So I just throw the little stories out there because... Uh, you know, parables are how people really remember key points. Absolutely. Uh, in fact, you've already caught my attention with uh, frogs in a milk jug. <laughs> <laughs> you, I'm curious about that one, but I'm, I'm assuming that's not the hot water one. That's something different. No, this is a little bit different. It's frogs in a milk jug. Do you want to hear the story? Yeah, I'd love to. Well, there were two frogs, and they saw a farmer put a jug of milk in the back of his truck, so they jumped in, and they're splishing and splashing and having a good old time in the market. He, the, the farmer takes off for the market. Well, now that milk jug is sloshing really hard, and the frogs are panicking, and they're like, we have to get out or we're going to drown. And the one just goes into panic mode and says, no, we're going to drown, we're going to drown, and glug, glug, he drowns. Well, the other one did not give up. He kept kicking, and he kept kicking, and he kept churning that milk, and he kept churning that milk, and pretty soon, he churned into a big, thick froth, and it bubbled all the way to the top and he simply hopped out <laughs> i love it that's just, that's just a story on determination and not giving up well i love that and, and Diane, what you are highlighting is some speakers often may have what i'll call a key story but throughout it they'll throw in the little stories like the ones you've just mentioned to make a point and it sounds like those are key portions or a key component of how you build a presentation yes they, they don't, like I said, they definitely help because it shows them, shows people real life application. Absolutely. So what do you do to ensure, like you're talking to different audiences in different places uh, that could be younger, older, male, female, they come from different backgrounds. They may or may not have a book or, you know, the years of experience. How do you ensure that your presentation will be relevant to that specific audience? Well, I was trying to research my audience and understand exactly what their needs are and where they are in the process. And sometimes that takes just getting there. And usually I will ask, especially during my publishing one, I'll ask them already who here has already published a book. That lets me know where they are in the process. Same with if I'm talking about uh, promoting a business online, I'll ask how many of you already have an established business online. If there's a lot that do, I know what kind of what angle to take. If there's a lot that don't, I know I need to work on also having them build up to having a business online. That makes a lot of sense. And and I, I like the way you've, you've looked at, so I can imagine if somebody, if you have a large group who already have a book, you're going to talk differently to those who, an audience, hardly anyone's written a book. Is that correct? Yes, because once I have any written a book, they don't know anything about the process yet, whereas those that have a book, they've already been through that part of the process, and maybe I can help them more with, with their second book or just in promoting that book that they have. Okay, that makes sense. So, as a speaker, you know, whether I have a book or not, and, and uh, if, you're, if you're building a business as a speaker, you're trying to make a living getting paid. Are there ever occasions you would recommend to a speaker that they should speak for free? And if so, why and when? Well, I always say for, for like nonprofits and speaking at schools, my talks are often for free because that's when I rely on book sales and other options to, to make the money. And a lot of it's just about networking, uh, spreading word, and plus just kind of giving back to the community, especially when it comes to schools and nonprofits because they don't have money to pay you, but you can help your community out by going in there and, and giving a talk for free. 
Yeah, the idea of um, I, I like the idea of, of nonprofits at, at giving back and, and schools. So there are some speakers who actually make a living with some schools, maybe more universities, because they actually have a budget. But the idea of, of selling your book or including the book in the process is that something you often encourage um, other speakers to do? Yes, and that's why I say it's so important to have a book to sell because otherwise, you know, it does help to get yourself out there. If nothing else, it's practice. But if you do have a book already, then that's why you have something else to sell. And again, it all's, it's all about networking. It's all about spreading awareness of yourself. And the more people that hear you and the more people that read what you've produced, the more likely you're going to be getting even more sales and more speaking gigs. I agree. That, that makes a lot of sense. Now, uh, if somebody's struggling with writing a book, um, you know, they may even have it in their head, but getting, sitting down and writing, what do you recommend to actually get a book out of their head onto paper and published? Well, there's a saying, it's called a uh, butt in chair <laughs> and make it happen. Um, for some people, it just, it's just making the decision you're going to do it and you're going to have to just find time and make time is better. You know, people might say, I just don't have the time. It's like, no, you just don't, you just haven't made yourself find the time. And actually for some people, maybe writing isn't their thing. There is always hiring a ghostwriter, someone who you can convey all your ideas to. They write the book for you, but it's your name that goes on the cover. Yes, familiar with that, that concept. And um, is it a service you provide or do you provide the editing what, or do you just publish people's books? What's the services you provide through your publishing company? Well, through Dancing Lima Press, I just publish books. People send me a query letter, submission, and I pick the best ones to publish. Um, on the side from that, I do offer some consultation for writers, and I do some book formatting. Um, editing's not really my thing. That's why uh, Dancing Lima Press has a really outstanding editor, because I am not the grammar queen. <laughs> Well, and I appreciate you sharing that. And so if, um, you, need a, you need a publisher if you're not going to publish yourself. And then you need, obviously, help finishing it, even somebody to review it. So you can provide recommendations to services, it sounds yes. like. Okay. Yes. Great. So, Diane, as we, as we start to wrap up here, um, any secret tips or tricks that you could share about speaking um, for our listeners? Well, number one is, of course, know your materials inside and out. If you know it front to back, you'll be a lot more confident. And if you kind of if you kind of get lost in the middle, you usually can come right back to it. Um, I I joke I'm a redhead, but I used to bleach my hair and I'm blonde. And every now and then I'll have a blonde moment and kind of drift and go, okay, I'm right back on target because I know what I'm talking about. Um, but I think the main thing is just to be passionate because excitement gets people's attention and you'll be much more memorable. And if you're excited, that's going to get the group excited. I'm not one of the speakers that can be really uh, funny. I can do little funny things and often I'm funny by accident, but my rely on just being excited, being spunk on a stick and that enthusiasm will carry over into my presentation and carry over into the audience. And that's one thing I've got a lot of reaction of people who've listened because uh, I do a lot of seminars through our local community colleges and they'll come up to me afterwards and go, these seminars are usually so boring and I was so entertained. And that is my goal is to get them excited and entertained and, and involved in it as well. If you can get the, the audience involved in your seminar, that makes it, again, it's going to stick with them a lot better. Well, I appreciate that, especially about enthusiasm and passion. That's a key ingredient. It sounds like you have it and that's awesome. <laughs> Good to share. Uh, Diane, thank you so much. This has been great. And as we like to say to our listeners, we'll see you on the stage. 
All right. Thank you very much, Robert. Now let's hear what Alan Hoffler has for us in our Millswick Minute. Today's speaking tip is about how to differentiate yourself from other speakers. It's great to be the best. But the people who think they're number one are frequently wrong. And the people who are really the best often don't believe they are. The one thing you can say for certain that no one else can emulate is being you. That's what you do better than anyone else in the world. How that manifests itself in your content as a speaker is when you can say, in my experience, it can be formulated a lot of other ways. What I've learned, I have noticed, I have discovered, in my opinion, I feel. But these are experiences and observations that are uniquely you and cannot be argued with. And the world's going to thank you for your expertise. Notice how comedians just tell you what you've seen, but twist it in a way that makes you think, yeah, that's so funny. They aren't sharing insights of unusual intellectual ability. They're merely noticing life. That's what you can bring to the table to make yourself different from everyone else. Your experience, your insights, your observations. In my experience, you see how I did that? In my experience, it's a branding technique you can't afford to ignore as a speaker. I'm Alan Hoffler, and this is your Millswick Minute. Thanks, Alan. In my experience, tapping the experience of different speakers is a great way to improve your own speaking abilities. So join us in our next Key 5 podcast, where I'll be interviewing Chip Eichelberger, the former Tony Robbins international point man who's been chosen over a thousand times by clients from Apple to Harley Davidson. I hope you can join us. To listen to all of our podcasts and learn more about our guests, go to key5podcast.com. That's K-E-Y and the number five, podcast.com. And be sure to download the speaking tips available there. So go to key5podcast.com today. Thanks for listening. This podcast was produced by your local studio. For more, go to key5podcast.com. Hey, if you're still listening, thanks for sticking around. I have one quick request. If you like the show, it would mean a whole lot if you left a review over in the iTunes store. This actually helps others find the show. So thanks in advance, and I'll talk to you next time.